0: You're listening to the Mastering College to Career podcast, the show for first-generation and minority college students. Each episode will feature topics such as highlights and progress from students who have completed the MC2C mentoring program, networking opportunities, and unique insights and strategies from industry thought leaders. So, if you're looking for your guide to success, you're in the right place. Now, without further ado, let's get into the show.
1: Welcome, 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 ladies, ladies, and a couple of gentlemen here for today's Women Empowerment Panel. Uh, it, today is Wednesday night. We're doing a group coaching call, but because I had such amazing guests today, I really wanted to use this um, group coaching call and make this into a podcast. So, what you're hearing today. And the podcast is actually a group coaching call that happened um, last Wednesday. So today I have some amazing guests. I'm going to just introduce you and then also let them introduce themselves. So I have to my right, I have my wife, Jessica Botero, and I'm so excited for her to be here because to me, she is just an amazing role model and she just manages her career so flawlessly. And I have some questions I'm going to put her on the hot seat uh i have my dear friend mentor amazing person in the world francis rios how are you francis
2: i am so excited to see you and jessica and see so many wonderful people this is super energizing thank you for inviting me
1: no thank you for coming and then last and not least janette dr jeanette winters who we met last year but since the moment i've met her, I was like blown away by her knowledge, her, just her caring and her expertise when it comes to people planning, HR, women empowerment, and just the advice that she gave the group last year, I still continue to quote on my LinkedIn post to, this day. I think I tag her every time too. So welcome. How are you today? How is California? Are you still in California? in
3: California you're looking uh, behind me at Monterey Bay though I'm not there right now but it was a beautiful afternoon.
1: Well thank you so much for coming the three of you and for you for being here babe I really <laughs> appreciate you um, and so what I want to do before I open up for some q and I kind of want to let each of the, our panelists uh, take uh, two to three minutes to introduce themselves and then from there I have a couple of questions and then I want to open up for q and I want to spend the majority of today's hour, late, letting our audience ask questions to this amazing women. So I'm going to start with backwards now. So uh, Dr. Winters, I'll let you go first.
3: Well, and you're starting at the end of the alphabet too. So uh, <laughs> that that is fine. It's delightful to be with all of you today. Um, Daniel and I met last year and we had a rousingly good discussion uh, with uh, this Uh, the group that he brings together in the group coaching session. And the thing that I was so impressed about uh, with this group is that most of you are all first-generation college students. And that is really a passion of mine because that's my story. Uh, I am a first-generation everything in my family. And as my mother likes to say, and she goes off and gets a doctorate. I have been deeply committed to helping people be their best, uh, not only uh, as an HR professional, as an executive coach, as a faculty member uh, at a university, and and also as someone who just cares, uh, because I know that your journey is certainly different uh than others that have had their parents or their older siblings go on to college and so i know your road's been mm, a bit more challenging and it is such an honor to be with you
1: thank you again so much for coming francis you're next
2: well, um, it's a pleasure to meet you, Dr. Winters. It's, it's really an honor to have you alongside with me and, and Danielle on this team. Um, you know what, probably from the accent, you know that I'm from, can anyone guess? I'm from Puerto Rico. I was born and raised there. I'm a Latina, a proud Latina after hurricane maria i had to move my company and relocate it here in orlando to start from zero after after having a wonderful beautiful and successful career as a top executive in puerto rico but as i say wonderful spectacular successful career as a corporate person it was also filled with roadblocks as many women face Um, when they go to the workforce. So when I had to move to Orlando, I had to take all those lessons that I learned when I was racing, when I was growing up in Puerto Rico, when I was facing major roadblocks in the corporate world to start from zero here. And after four years, of like I said, starting from zero, I have made wonderful connections, great friends like Danielle and Jessica, and I have seen the sunlight or the sun shining again. So my message to you is that it doesn't matter where you come from, you can make it happen. It's a matter of like having patience and just having or be surrounded, surrounding yourself with wonderful people like the people that i have in front of me today
1: you know how much i appreciate you francis um and how much uh you mean to me and how much you've encouraged me and the, the person i've become the last two years how much of that is because of you right so thank you again for being here um, and then last but not least my amazing supporting <laughs> loving smart keeps me in check keeps me humble wife <laughs> jessica
4: Hey everyone. It's really good to be here today. Um, So I graduated from the University of Florida in 2014 with my degree in finance. When I graduated, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I was so lost. Um, I really could have used master in college to career, that's for sure. Um, Daniel definitely has this entrepreneurship mindset. And so he comes to me with ideas like 5 million times a day. But the one idea that I really, really liked and I was like, you have to go for it is master in college degree because I wish that there was something like that when I was in college. It would have really helped me. So I'm really glad to see that you guys are all here um, making this a priority. So that way you're not struggling when it comes to graduation. But anyways, um, so I ended up going into retail management, which was great. I learned a lot. Um, I became a store manager, um, but realized like that wasn't what I wanted to do long term. And you know, I didn't love working weekends and holidays. Um, you know, I love to travel. So being that that's a priority for me, it just wasn't the right fit. So I ended up going back into finance um, where I went into mutual fund trading. Um, I was promoted within two years. And now I just recently um, went into a new role in managed investments um, last year. So I have definitely, like been on two ends of the table, um, retail management and finance, and I've found ways to succeed and get promoted in both um, fields. So um, I'm excited to have this conversation with you and talk to you guys about women empowerment today.
1: So. Um, I wanted, so I I want you guys to start thinking of questions to ask, and it could be questions that can be asked to a particular panelist or one that you can be open up for the whole group to discuss. And I'm going to start, uh, warming up the room by asking a couple of questions myself, but then really want to rely on all of you. And I know Jasmine has at least three questions and I'm looking forward to them, um, to make sure that you guys are thinking of questions, because I'm telling you, uh, I, and I mentioned this in my post and in my email, right? The best way to reach any goal is to learn from someone who's done it before. And so I brought together three amazing women who have accomplished a lot of the goals that all of you have and want to build in your career. And so take advantage of this and ask them questions because success leaves clues and they can tell you what advice and you know what they did, which they would have done, right? Because here's the thing, we all make mistakes on our journey. And even if Francis and Jeanette and Jessica tell you what their mistakes were and how they can fix it, trust me, you will make your own mistakes too. But that's part of life and that's part of growing. So I mean, here's my first question. This one's particular to Jessica. So Jessica um, is relatively you know, early mid-career professional, right? She started in her retail career and she's now moved into finance, which is what she went to school for. So think, look at this, look at her career, right? Graduated with a finance degree, did not go into a job that required her degree. She went into retail management, but then was able to pivot back to finance. One thing I've seen from, you know, being really close into Jessica's career was that both in her retail management career, when she was working for Albert Company, she was able to get promoted multiple times. And again, now here working for a big bank, she's been able to uh, get promoted multiple times. And I think that's extremely impressive, right? And that's a really good point. Um, success uh, track record of success. But my question to Jessica is what do you, what, what do you think has contributed to your ability to been noticed and been noticed by management and been promoted in two different organizations in two different industries?
4: Yeah, I think something that's really helped me is that I never turned down an opportunity. Like anytime an opportunity comes up, I'm the first one to be like, I'll take it. Even if I have no idea how to do it, like I'm going to figure it out. Um, and I think that helps to make me stand out. Something else I think is just my, my mindset. Um, I think a lot of people, um, kind of get discouraged when their bosses or their managers give them extra work because they're like, Oh man, I'm getting extra work for the same amount of pay. Like this sucks. Um, but for me, like I take it as a compliment because for me, it's like, Oh wow. Like they trust me enough to give me this extra work or these other opportunities. Um, and so I think that's something that makes me stand out. So that way, whenever a promotion does come up, I'm the first one that they think of. Like, I want to make sure that I make that the easiest decision for them, um, to let them know that I'm able to handle whatever comes my way.
1: Excellent. And now, I actually have a follow up question to this, but it's actually going for Dr. Winters. So, Dr. Winters, you have led, you know, HR. You know, you've been a chief human resources officer for multiple companies, and so you've been part of this people planning side of it. What advice do you have for the Jessica's and even for the recent college, for the college and recent grads to be able to position themselves as a high potential employee so they can get those promotion and opportunities once they get the job.
3: You've just asked a question that we could spend the entire hour and a half on, but I'll try to make it brief. The first thing is that you need to commit to lifelong learning and Jessica, I'm sure, that even though you had a degree in finance that when you went to work for the bank you had to learn new and different skills and that is you, you know a your willingness to do that you know six points your ability to do that 12 points and your self interest in doing that it really means the world to a lot of employers. So I urge all of you to remember that you need to be a lifelong learner and don't always expect that your employer is going to do it for you. All of you are here tonight and this is learning. And I think that's just wonderful that you're investing in in yourselves and in your career. The second thing is to make long-term connections. That's one of the things I didn't learn until two, you know, I really had you know, just really frittered away a lot of opportunities for getting to know and staying in in touch with a lot of really interesting people. I don't let that happen now. And that's the thing I want to make sure all of you do too is make connections. LinkedIn is a great way to start, but it's not the only way. Go to networking sessions. They're all on, you know, link. They're all on Zoom or uh, Teams right now. But we'll get back to where we can go and visit other people and meet other people. And you need to do that because part of your value is not only your knowledge, but it's also the people you know. And one of the things we know about the brain is that you are much like the people that you spend the most time with. So make sure that you are choosing wisely and well who you make time to spend with and that you do invest in those relationships. You know, I, I think you need to remember that you own your own career. And I really drive this idea of ownership mentality. You know, if you have a car you wash it, you put gas in it, you make sure that it's serviced, you check the tires, it's yours. You've paid for it, probably. And you want to make sure that you get the the most use out of it. When you rent a car, you go in, you get the keys, you leave, you go wherever you have to go, and then you give the keys back. You never think twice about it. And that is the same sort of mentality many people have you know, oh, I'll take this job today. Oh, what difference does it make? Oh, it's not an important one. It just gives me a little bit of a paycheck. That is absolutely the wrong attitude. Own your own career. Choose people and how to spend your time wisely and make sure that you are learning continuously. There's lots of other things, but I'll tell you, that, that should give us a good start to this conversation.
1: Francis, did you want to add anything? I know you're shaking your head. You're like, yes, but anything you wanted to add?
2: I love her. I'm always, (laughs) what I do, my business is called Women Who Lead, Mujer Que Lidera. Okay. So my work is to help organizations grow with the power of their female talent of women. But on the same token, I need to help women grow as well. Because otherwise, nothing is going to happen there. So what the doctor was saying about relationships, that's how I have been able to be where I am today. I don't come from a wealthy family. I come from from very humble beginnings. But I had a wonderful, extraordinary career that I took ownership of. And when I decided to create my business 13 years ago, I had the mindset that, okay, if you worked, if you were a top executive for top fortune companies, in my case, I was very lucky to be the spokesperson for the Fortune One company, Walmart. Mm. So when I, when I moved to create my own company, I had in mind, okay, I have been able through my career to establish very powerful relationships. My focus is to create a company that would serve those top Fortune companies. And if you see my roster of companies, of clients, they're all Fortune 500. How? Because I really devoted my life on polishing my brand, my personal brand, write this down Your achievements are your logo. Your achievements are your logo. You are a luxury brand, but if you're hiding in a closet, no one will see that hot couture dress that you are, and no one will buy it. So I was always very focused on building relationships strengthening my reputation and getting visibility. And I need to do something now, Danielle. if you don't mind. Take over. I need to congratulate a couple of the fellow colleagues that we have here today. And I'm gonna call them by name. Daniela, congratulations. Divya, congratulations. Cristina, kudos to you. Maria Castro, Orgullosa de ti. Ashley, congratulations. Purna, I don't know how to pronounce your name. I'm so sorry.
5: It's <clears> Purna
2: <throat> Beautiful, congratulations to Thank you. you. Jasmine, congratulations to you. Do you know why I'm congratulating you? Only you? Because you are visible. Nowadays, in a world when our meetings and our networking events are on zoom you need to be visible when you have your camera off you are invisible Mm -hmm. You will be like an airplane that is outside of the radar of a control tower of an airport imagine that this is the, the 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 space area around the airport if you are not within their range they won't see you they won't be able to give you instructions they won't be able to tell you what you need to do next so if you're not visible you are invisible
1: yeah um and actually that was a great uh segue to the, that was this was the follow-up question i was going to talk about so if if, if you've if you know me, you know, one of my favorite quotes is that visibility is more important than ability when it comes to getting your first job. And one thing I was going to just, and you kind of touched a lot about this, Francis, is how can women in particular gain visibility so that they can get opportunities to those roles, to get hired, to get promoted, to go into leadership and so on?
2: Visibility. Let me, let me take a step back when it comes to visibility. Unfortunately, we were raised and still we are raising girls to go to the party, sit down and wait for the boy to ask her to dance. And we are also raised to wait for our boyfriend or girlfriend to kneel down in front of, on, of oh, blah, 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 it's late and I get tired and my English get kind of broken. If you don't understand something, mm-hmm. just let me know. I won't get offended. Um, so we are waiting for the Prince Charming to kneel down with the Tiffany um, ring to ask us to marry him or her. Well, that's a thing from the past. That's a thing from the past. So you need, once you start working, get assignments. Ask for an assignment, get mentors, get two mentors, not one, one man, one woman. Why? They have different journeys. They have different experiences. They can open different set of doors that will allow you to get that visibility. Go to events, join organizations, but don't just go join organizations just to have the logo or to mention them in your resume. Become a leader. Ask them to give you the, the opportunity to run an event, a fundraising, anything that will give you exposure. I really hate with passion when I go to companies and I hear women being asked to do a presentation and them telling their bosses, I'm not good at presenting. Let, let Carlitos to do the presentation. I'll do all the work and then Carlitos does the the presentation and who gets the credit? Carlitos, who gets the promotion? Carlitos, and then we get upset because Carlitos got the promotion, but we were waiting for someone to say, hey, this is the promotion, this is the opportunity. Well, my friends in real life, that barely happens. You need to take control of your career as if it were your own business and think of you if you were that hot couture dress that needs to be at the window of SACS in Fifth
3: Avenue in New York.
1: All right. Dr. Winters, Jessica, any thoughts?
3: I couldn't agree more. <clears throat> and this, this idea of visibility is so important today because we're all sitting at home or wherever we're sitting. But we're—it's very hard to network, and that's why when you have opportunity to be seen, remember that the brain remembers pictures ten times, fifteen times more readily than it does words. So if you close your eyes, you won't remember nearly as much as you seeing all the faces of the people that are on this uh, podcast. So absolutely, Francis, I agree with everything you say, and you know this idea of visibility is really an important one because you you know this i i was raised that you will be recognized by others promoting yourself is really not a good way to go and folks that is just very bad career advice you can i have uh, as an executive coach i have clients people that you read about in the wall street journal And these mostly women tell me they have been passed over for promotion once, twice, three times. And yet when the the men that they hire to do the job that you've applied for fail, they bring you in to clean it up. And I'll tell you something, I have three clients in that situation right now. So this is a phenomena. You absolutely must be visible and you must be willing, as Francis so artfully described, take a chance. Look, presenting isn't necessarily a lot of fun. It puts you on the stage and you know it, it may not be a, a very natural place for you to be. But you've got to do it. And you've got to learn how to be good at it. Because that is the way, again, people will remember you.
1: Love it. Um, Jess. I have a question for you. There's a follow up question that someone had sent earlier is how do you balance your work while also also taking on extra responsibilities.
4: So I think it's really important to know what your boss considers as success right like I think I think you need to have a good idea of like what your priorities are at work right. Like, sometimes you're going to be so busy and it's going to be impossible to do everything, right? But you got to know what's the most important for your boss or whoever you're reporting to. Um, and I think that's something that I'm pretty good at. Um, and that's how I've been able to balance my work life and um, my, my personal life. Um, and so that's, and also how I'm able to take on all this extra work. Like, I can tell you, like, if you went and asked my boss right now um, who volunteers to do, you know, who raises their hand every time something comes up, like it's me, like, and I promise you next time that promotion comes around, like, who are they going to think of? It's going to be me, like, and I make sure, like, I consciously make sure I do that, and so I urge all of you guys to do the same, Um, but yeah, so figure out what your priorities are, what's most important to do that day, and anything that can be left for later, then, then do that, you know, Um, it's really just figuring out what those priorities are.
1: Um, I want to ask one last question. I want you guys to start typing your questions. Or if you have a question, raise your hand in the, like with the breakout, uh, sorry, with the reaction button. So it would look like this. That way um, I can then call on you because I want you to be able to introduce yourself. But one thing that um, I I quote a lot, there is this article on LinkedIn. I posted on Monday. I put the link on it on Monday. It talked about how women don't apply to jobs as much because they they read the job description and then they see that they don't meet the the criteria, right? Well, men will just apply for the job even if they don't meet that criteria. Dr. Winters, can you talk a little bit more about that and kind of what are your advice and why should women apply for jobs even if they're not 100% qualified for the job description?
3: Well, uh, the article that uh, Daniel is referencing really shocked a lot of us. Uh, In HR, but then when you think about it, it makes a a great deal of sense. And here's what the research showed is that men will apply for the job if they meet as little as 50% of the job requirements, and they don't think twice about it. Think about that. They have the confidence in themselves to apply, even though they don't meet all of the criteria they think they're interesting they think they can demonstrate their ability to contribute they think they can demonstrate their ability to learn women will not apply if they don't meet 20% of the job requirements so you may meet 80% of them but you say oh i i don't meet these other you know these other few things forget it ladies those job descriptions are idealistic and 9 times out of 10 They're looking for what I call in recruiting a purple squirrel. They're looking for somebody who can, uh, you know, do skydiving and scuba diving and at the same time be a finance whiz. How many people do we really need in this world that do all three of those? Probably one. The key is have confidence in yourself to apply for jobs. You know, now you may say, I don't like that job or I don't like what that job is really composed of doing that's when you should say don't apply but if you think that that is a job you'd like and that you can either do almost everything or a lot of it apply because if you have confidence you will absolutely get the attention of the hiring managers and as Divya says you know those job descriptions are fluid They're written, some of them are probably written two or three years ago and they don't even reflect reality today. And that's why you really need just to, you know, grab the horn and just do it.
1: So one thing is applying online, right? And when you apply online, your your application is now, you're one of hundreds, if not thousands of people applying online, but maybe I'll open it up to all, all the panelists, like, what are some advice that you have to help applicants get more visibility on their application so they can get a higher chance to get to the interview?
3: Francis, I'll just take this as an HR person, and then I'll toss it your way, okay? After so one, turn. Is the th- one of the things everybody needs to understand, when you apply for something on uh, online, it goes to what's called an ATS, an applicant tracking system. Lots of reasons why, but it it helps us gather a lot of data. The other thing that it does is it absolutely restricts the the pool. Think of this as the the application pool as a funnel. A million people apply, they decide that only 20% or 200,000 actually um, can do the job, and then they start whittling it down. But the applicant tracking system uses keywords. And so what I recommend is if you're going for a specific type of job, find 10 job descriptions and then run what I you've, you've all seen them, word clouds. It's a free application. It used to be the one that I used to use all the time was Wordle. You run all 10 job descriptions through Wordle and it comes up with a word cloud and it'll show you all the words that are used most frequently in those 10 job descriptions or whatever, you know, uh, or job ads or job postings. That tells you those are the words that you need to have in your application and in your resume. Otherwise, there's very likelihood that you're going to be eliminated by the applicant tracking system. The second thing is if you're actively working on using LinkedIn, see who you know that works at that company. And then contact them and ask them if they would be so kind either to introduce you to the hiring manager or pass along your resume with a nice word if you know them really well. But you have to use the system. It literally, 70% of all jobs are found by people through networking. So using LinkedIn, is good, but it doesn't do it by itself. And that it, that is absolutely true at every level, whether it's entry level or the C-suite. So get used to it. You need to build your network and use it, which means you also have to help others when you can as well. But remember, keywords, make sure that you build your network. And if you're applying for a job, see if you know somebody that works there, contact them and see if you can reach out to the hiring manager, because then suddenly you're not a name on the screen, you're a face. And that, as Francis said earlier, you want to make sure you are visible.
1: Yeah. I just shared a tool called JobSeer. When you upload your resume and and you're using this tool, when you're applying on LinkedIn or Indeed, it'll actually give you a, a score match and tell you how, Like, Job Steered essentially is an applicant tracking system that will tell you how relevant your resume is to what you're applying for. So there's a link to it uh, there. Hey,
0: you made it to the middle of the episode. Let's take a break to tune in to how one of the mentees used insight from Daniel and the Master in Kasha Career Academy to help them take steps towards their dream job or internship.
6: I just accepted an offer for the sales management intern position at PepsiCo. Before I even joined the Academy, I was confused about what I should be doing, how I could align my um, resume with what the requirements were for the position. And this is why every time I I meet someone who doesn't know what they wanna do for the professional career or is just struggling, I recommend the Academy to them because it really changed my life. Without them, this would not have been possible. And I just wanna thank again, Daniel and the Academy for helping
0: me and getting me to where I am today this student's testimony is just one of thousands who have landed a position in their dream career. So if you're interested in joining the Academy alongside these successful mentees, schedule a strategy call with Daniel today at career.com forward slash strategy call. And now let's get back to the episode.
1: Jess, um, for you too, like <laughs> how have you gotten the jobs that you've gotten? And maybe that, because you've recently kind of gone through this in a sense, right?
4: every single job that i've had post-college um i've known someone that works there um i i think you know i think daniel has said the statistic is like 80 percent of um new hires are from people that know somebody within the company um Mm -hmm. and so that's super important so networking that's where networking comes into play um not only so that you have visibility but also to find out if that's a good fit for you like those interviews should go both ways, right? Like you not only are interviewing for that position, but they're interviewing for you to see if that's a good fit for you. And so by talking to those people and networking, you're figuring out, you know, if you're going to like that job, if if there's room for growth, you know, all of those things that may be important to you.
1: Yeah. Jasmine, you had a question? Ashley yes. you're next.
3: Um,
6: this, this kind of has to do with uh, Jessica actually mentioned something about her always raising her hand when uh, there's an opportunity to raise her hand, but sometimes, uh, whether it's a workplace or even when you're job seeking, you don't have the opportunity to raise your hand so I uh, either being to create your own projects or pitch your own projects, whether that's if you're employed or unemployed job seeking, um, what tips do you have for uh, women to pitch projects considering that confidence to even pitch projects is, um, is very nerve wracking. <laughs> I'm
4: sorry, so you, you said like if you don't have a
6: job, it, is that the question or? Both sides of the story. Like if you do have a job, what's suggesting you have to pitch a project to your manager? And if you don't have a job, uh, what what's suggesting you have to create your own projects are relevant to your future career?
4: Okay, so if you do have a job, um, I would suggest just being open with your with your manager, right? So, like, you should be having one-on-one meetings at some point or another, um, and so whenever I have those meetings, like, I always make it very clear that um, I'm willing to take on other tasks that, you know, if there's anything that I can take off of my manager's plate, I'm willing to do so, so he knows, like, just today, actually, he reached out to me about a project saying, hey, Jessica, would you be interested in this? And that's because I've already had the open communication with him telling him that I want to get more involved. Um, so I would just be upfront in that way. Um, if you don't have a job and if you're looking for one, um, I mean, I think networking is going to be your number one thing that you should be doing. I think networking is going to be the best way to try and find a job um, and also to learn what other people are doing. Um, So I would,
1: I would focus on that. Excellent. Ashley, and introduce yourself too, so so that maybe a little bit, because remember, this is going to the podcast and they're not just hearing your voice.
6: Hi
7: everyone. I'm Ashley. I'm a junior at Duke and right now I'm kind of in like the kiln of this battle between networking and job applications Um, and I've kind of had to reroute myself um, and right now I'm kind of neck deep in trying to figure out networking and reach out to people and I wanted to get the panelists opinion or on or tips on how you all manage your correspondence and networking because I'm realizing now I'm starting a a spreadsheet to kind of like keep track of, okay, who do I want to keep in contact with? So, and as your networks expand, I assume that it does get harder, you know, to keep everyone appeased and, and to leave a good taste in everyone's mouth. So how, what, what are your tips in doing that? And uh, what have you seen work? Uh, how often do you, you know, message people to maintain uh, like a good connection with them?
2: I'm going to give you a Two pointers. One, I use HubSpot. Um, It allows me to have all the information regarding my clients there. It's very accessible. I think there is a free version. I have the business version, obviously. Um, On the second one, and this is going back to what Dr. Winters was talking about, about relationships, um, the other day I was doing a podcast with a, uh, with a board of, uh, member of the board of directors of the Ford Motor Company. She was the first ever Latina to be seated at, at, at a Fortune Company board of directors. And one of the things that surprised me and Kim said, and this is what everybody says about me, is that I call people not only when I need them, but I'm always connecting with them. Like every single day, I look for ways to text, send a text message, hey, just to say hello. I was wondering about your dog. Hey, I would love to chat and hear about your concerns. So I'm always, then again, the rater. And they always say, Francis, you're one of those people that I'm not afraid of picking the phone, um, your call, because You are not those kind of people who only call when they need something. So that's something that's how I have been able to make sure that whenever I call a CEO or a client or or someone, they basically always pick up the phone because they know that I'm I'm always bringing value and it's not about asking, asking, asking. Did I make sense? Yeah.
7: Yes, that made a lot of sense. I think the, um, like what I've kind of been learning is like people can, not learning, but people can sense authenticity. People can see your intentions and feel them um, when you're reaching out and speaking with them. And I think uh, that was a great point that you made.
1: Yeah,
3: Excellent. Uh, Div- Divya, did you have a question? Hi, my name is Divya. Um, thank you for having me here, first of all. Um, so I wanted to go back to a couple of Jeanette's points about the applicant tracking system and applying and also uh, about Francis's point. So with gen- regard with regards to Jeanette's point, um, I understand that if there is the applicant tracking, if a lot of companies have the applicant tracking system, you know, is there any way to bypass that system when you don't know anyone in the company first? And the second question is if you get an auto reject even though you know you're qualified, is there any way that you can ask to talk to someone in the company for 10 minutes to pitch yourself? You know, uh, I, uh, I have a mastermind group that I do every Thursday with a group of HR people. And just last Thursday, we were talking about this. And the problem of it is that it's a matter of time. And if you are, so it's not lack of interest, it is nothing personal, it's just a matter of time. And so, if, if it's a medium, small to mid sized company, you know, maybe 500 to 1,000 employees, you probably have this many HR people. And so, if they're looking to fill three, four, five jobs, they don't have time. And then, when you get to the Fortune 500 that Francis uh, works with, they get millions of applications, and that's why I always tell people: if you're looking for a job and you're just starting your network, you know you're in trouble because you needed the network to help look for the job. And so I, I tell the, every group I ever speak to: get on LinkedIn. It, it is a platform. Notice, I'm not talking about Facebook. I'm not talking about Instagram. I, you know, because LinkedIn is specific designed to help you look for a job and to meet people. Now, you can do some, you know, let's say you're applying for an HR job uh, at a company. You can go to their website and see who the head of HR is, you know, and usually they say, you know, contact us or figure out a way of um, what the the email protocol is. You know, it's some companies, you know, uh, it's, you know, Winters J at, uh, at the university where I teach. at another it's Jeanette at sort of thing. So see if you can figure out the email protocol and do it that way. The thing of it is it, it, you're dealing with the mass issue. There are just so many people that are trying to do the same thing you're doing that unless you have it in, it's, re- you know, and unless you have something compelling to offer. And um, that's really going to make the most difference. But it, it is very, very hard to get around those systems, particularly if you've been auto rejected, because they will you know, they will all uh, say, I'd love to give them all feedback. I just don't have the time.
1: Yeah. Um, Maria, you had a question. And so, yeah, if you could introduce name and school or school you attended, that would be great.
6: I okay. Have... Uh, hi. My name is Maria Castro. I am a graduate student at Sail University. My question is pretty much open to um, all the speakers today. Um, how do you, how when you were like beginning like your career, like did you manage to keep your confidence? Because like I've been reaching out to people trying to make those initial connections. And for some, like I'm not getting a response and I don't want to like harass them, but like it's just hard to keep that confidence up and just to keep like saying, hey, like, I don't want to be like, hey, like, remember me, like, answer me. So I'm just kind of curious, like, how you managed to keep that confidence um, early in your careers.
4: So are you, like, referring to, like, reaching out to people on LinkedIn or, or just, like, confidence yeah.
6: in general? No, like, on LinkedIn, like, because I'm just starting to, like, network, like, with more people. I'm looking for jobs, but I'm finding that I'm not getting as many responses as I thought. And I'm trying to follow, like the way that Daniel like taught us to like reach out and i haven't really heard anything yet so i'm like how do i keep that confidence up to keep going
4: yeah i mean i would just honestly just keep in mind that not everyone is on linkedin all day or every day um so they may not be seeing your messages also they're probably busy um so unless there's something super compelling in your message maybe they're just not going to have time to get back to it so i i would just try not to take it personally like they're mm-hmm. not doing it because they don't like you or for whatever reason, like they're probably just busy. Um, and it's a numbers game. So I would just keep sending out those emails, trying to keep them personalized, like what Daniel tells you guys. Um, mm-hmm. And eventually you'll start getting um, some traction. So yeah, it's really just a mind game. Just keep telling yourself, it's you know it's not you, like everyone else has lives too. Um, so,
2: okay. I always believe in support from my peers, but I have no time to waste, and I'm very disciplined when it comes to having conversations. Every conversation that I have, it has to have a meaning. Have you ever heard of the Pareto rules, 80-20 rule? Mm. Pareto, P-A-R-E-T-O? No. Google it. And what I always do is that my conversations with my my friends, my female colleagues, we chat for 20 minutes or 20% of the conversation and 80% is about each one sharing something that is bothering us or is that or something that is giving us a hard time. And I have different bodies who we are always focused on having these kind of conversations when we walk or over the phone, over Zoom. And it's about okay i'll give you 20 minutes give me 20 minutes Mm -hmm. um i'm gonna share with you my situation please give me ideas and just by having the conversation you end up feeling better Mm -hmm. but also that's why i told you at the beginning it's crucial it's critical it's vital it's a matter of death or life that you have mentors because those mentors are gonna sit down with you. They're gonna ask you questions. They're gonna push you. They're gonna challenge you. They're gonna give you ideas with the, you know, based on their experiences. So my best advice, get to mentors like ASAP.
3: Thanks. You know, Frances, you you, uh, gave me a thought that I'll share with the group and uh, all such great advice. Um, There are three types of people or roles that you can seek out and you should. One of them is mentors. And the second is is a coach. And the third, you know, and consider Daniel your coach. That's what he's doing. He's helping you learn how to apply for jobs and how to go from college to career. And then the third is godparent and they are three very distinct roles. Now, a godparent usually picks you, not the other way around. But those are the people that are going to advocate for you. They are going to be, you know, like when uh, Jessica uh, gets a note from her boss. Her boss is probably out there saying, "Oh, that's a really juicy uh, project. Let's. I've got a gal. Let me let me talk to Jessica. She she'll do a bang up job for us." Acting on her behalf, a coach is all about gaining skill and you all are experiencing that here. The third is a mentor. And a mentor is somebody that does a lot of different things, but there is quid pro quo. Meaning you do things, they do things. And so with a mentor, they can help, but they're not there to do. They're an assistant to your effort, they're not primary. Dan, Daniel is helping you learn a godparent is somebody that takes interest in your career Jessica do you ha- is your boss your, your godparent at work? Yeah yeah see that and, and, and you've been promoted a couple of times. Mm-hmm. see that really goes hand in hand it really does and Francis, I love that comment about using your peers and, and and using in the sense of it is okay to ask. You know, And all of us have to get very direct and say, I don't have time to do that right now. But if you have good friends and colleagues around you, whether it's at university or whether it's in, uh, in the workplace, you can ask them and you should ask them, um, You know, do you know anybody here? Do you know anybody that knows anything about this market or whatever? But use your friends and peers. One of the things that if you remember the, the plate that uh, Francis just showed us a few minutes ago, draw a little circle in the middle and then a, a, you know a series of concentric circles so they go bigger and bigger. Look right there at the middle. You may you know who's in the middle? Who's closest to you? Maybe it's your mom, maybe it's your dad. Maybe it's your grandparents. Who do they know? What do they know? You'd be amazed. You know, my, uh, I got my job at Intel out of graduate school because of my horses. I'm not joking with you. I was in a tax store. I was, I, as I was every Saturday, buying fly spray or something else for all these lovely boys that I have. And I said to the, uh, the owner said to me, what are you doing these days? And I said, I'm, you know, just got my degree. I'm looking for a job. He goes, let me put you in touch with somebody at Intel. And I said, Oh, Tom, I don't do what Intel does. And he goes, No, no, you don't really like this guy, Jim. You should talk to him. And that is how I got the job at Intel because of my horses. And so I urge you to make sure you learn how to ask and let people know what you're doing because don't assume they know.
1: Perfect. I want to first thank. The chat is awesome today, I love the engagement that's going on in the chat. So great job. Um, we have nine minutes left and we have at least two more questions. So I just wanna make sure we get through them. So Shubi, and then after that, um, I, the chat's going so well that I lost track of who was the second person, but I I will find it while Shubi asks her question and I'll follow up.
6: Yeah. Hey guys, uh, my name is Shubi and I am studying at IIIP. It is a college in India. Um, so my question is specifically for Frances. Um, so I know that you host the Women Who
4: Lead Summit, um, and you interact with all these amazing women leaders. I'd love to know, like, what are the commonalities that these women have, and what have you noticed are their
7: biggest
3: struggles?
2: First of all, they are extremely clear when it comes to their goals. They know exactly what they want. They have full clarity. Um, I always have my goals here in this jar uh, when it comes to career, finance, life, and business. They're extremely focused and very determined. Um, Secondly, they're focused on results and communicating their results. No, not what they do. What they do, anyone can do it what I do, anyone can do it. It's about the results. It's about communicating the results. It's also about being outspoken, being visible, daring, taking risks, Mm -hmm. it's critical. And you know what? they don't take take bull from anyone. And when I say they don't take bull from anyone, I'm trying to be very elegant. Um, It doesn't matter if we are in 2021, there is still lots of sexual harassment situations out there. And I think that the main focus for every, any woman would be to find their company or an organization where their voice is heard. I only work, and these women work with organizations where they're heard, where they're promoting the inclusion of women. And if I were you, I would be looking at the boards of directors and the top tiers of companies to see if they have three women or more that's a company for you. If they don't have any women reporting to the CEO, or sitting at the boards of directors, that's not the company for you. Did I respond? That? Did I respond to your question? Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Great. So we only have uh, time for one more question, just because of time. But if you have questions, I know that all three of these ladies are very open to answering them. So connect with them on LinkedIn, um, and then send them a message on LinkedIn, or if you want to send them to me, and I can I can also reach out to them on your behalf. So. Uh, last question was Crystal.
5: Okay, thank you. Well, I'm an industrial engineer. Uh, is, I'm, a, I'm a senior at Southern Illinois University, at I am an international student from Peru. So I am trying to find an internship for the summer. So my question goes, what, what you should do when you're like, you got the interview and it comes a difficult question like, oh, well, you need a sponsorship or well like you just mentioned that you're an international and suddenly you see that face that they make where it's like it's so hard for them or they I mean probably they like you at the beginning but when you say you're an international they are they don't want to hire you anymore or there is that feeling that we're feeling like what you should do or what you should say to them to not like to make them understand that you know it's okay and for an internship, there is any process or anything. It's just the same as hiring someone from the U.S. So that's my question. I don't know if it's for everyone. I don't have someone specific to answer.
3: So I'll just answer quickly. And uh, the thing is that uh, the reason that you get that that dropping of the face, um, and it's silly on their part if they haven't asked that question before you got there. But the thing of it is that m- many companies use apprenticeships and internships as try buys, and so they want to see how you're going to do, whether you can cut the rug, whether or not you can stand up to the you know the pace. And so, but they are limited, and it, the the last uh, four years have been very difficult for us to hire uh, international uh, internationally. however um, you know um, that we all you have you're an engineering student we need you desperately. so what I'd recommend is again this is a number shot and Francis you may feel differently about this so please ring in but I would just I would keep at it because you're going to find someone who isn't the least bit uncomfortable hiring you but that is probably the barrier that you're facing is that they're worried that they that you may need a sponsorship and they they know just from a numbers game it's very hard it's been very hard to do
1: yeah Uh, and now i i'm just going to add a little my two cents on this because i've been Going, learning a lot more about this because 30% of, of the students in our program are international students and I recently interviewed an immigration lawyer to kind of ask this question so um, t- um, Crystal I have a the episode of the podcast that came out this Tuesday is me interviewing an immigration lawyer talking about this and how to navigate this better but ultimately um, my my the best advice I found is that Companies want to work with you. The problem is that if it's harder for them to, to get sponsorship. There's a lottery that goes on. It's also additional costs associated with it. So if they've never gone through that path before, it's very hard for, for yeah. a recent college student to be the first person they go into. Generally, they, they, they do that with really experienced people where they're crucial to the business and they're willing to go and take the effort. But so my advice to you is very simple go through, uh, go, only apply for companies that, that, that do sponsorship for the role that you have. There are a lot of companies out there. All the major tech companies do it. Uh, there's websites, uh, myvisajobs.com that can literally show you uh, the, 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 the tool JobSeer that I shared earlier now has a feature to show you if that company sponsors for the role or not. And so there's, I would just say, apply for the jobs that can get, lead you there because yeah. the biggest mistake I see international students make, they're applying for every job when only maybe half of them actually sponsor. So you're, you're essentially wasting all your resources and time and energy um, in half of them and the, because you're applying to the wrong, wrong companies. Yeah, mm-hmm. just for it. But okay, so I want to be extremely respectful of our guests this time. I know that Frances is, like she mentioned to me earlier, because of March is so busy with uh, Women's History Month, She's like working like a accountant during tax season, and, and so the fact that you're here, Francis, I know how busy you are. Thank you so much. I want to be respectful of all of your time, so I want to thank you all for coming, Dr. Winters, Francis, Jessica, uh, and all the ladies. Um, I, one more, I just want to open it up. If you guys have any last minute, se- last minute. Uh, No invitation or anything to open it up. So Francis, I'll let you go first, Dr. Winter second, and then I'll finish with Jessica.
2: What, what, what did you say?
1: (laughs) Okay. I talked too fast. I wanted to say, if you can share one last uh, point or give uh, one last piece of advice that you want to share with the audience or what's the best way for the audience to connect with you if they want to learn a little bit more about what you do.
2: Hey, just don't be shy about communicating your (laughs) accomplishments please don't be shy, communicate them. Also communicate them uh, around the impact that you can have on X or Y company and go to companies that would listen to you and companies that are really promoting the inclusion of women.
1: Dr. Winters.
3: Choose wisely. And I use the phrase all the time Time is neither a friend nor an ally. If you waste a minute, it's gone forever. And there are, you know, the people that get ahead in front of us didn't waste as much time as we did. Um, I work with executives. I work with recent college graduates. I work with high school students and everybody tells me I'm so busy. Baloney, baloney. You don't have to be on Facebook. You don't have to be on TikTok. If you are spending inordinate amount of time on social, it's not worth it where you are right now. You should be spending that time on networking and really advancing yourself. The people that get ahead and Francis I, I and Jessica, I bet you both agree. The people that get ahead are absolutely determined as can be and they choose to spend their time wisely.
1: Beautiful, Jess.
4: I think my last set of words would just be persistent. I know that this oh. is a really frustrating time. Um, I know that I experienced it when I was graduating too, um, applying to all these jobs and, and getting rejections or people not getting back to you. Like, but you're not the only one. Everyone goes through this. Um, just be really purposeful with your time, like Dr. Winter said. Um, be persistent and, and you'll make it, you'll make it happen.
1: Perfect, so uh, I do would love to take a screenshot of this and so give everybody here that attended some love. So if you would like to be in the picture, uh, turn on your camera so that we can take a screenshot. If not, I understand. Also uh, for all my mentees, I, I really admire your dedication to come on a Wednesday night to uh, come on. A, look at Coco, Coco. Oh
3: look, Francis wins the prize. Oh, <laughs> so cute, so cute. Um,
1: <laughs> let me just stop recording this but if you're listening to this podcast thank you guys for coming and we'll catch you guys on the next episode
0: you've been listening to the mastering college to career podcast we hope that you enjoyed the show in an age of short attention spans this speaks volumes about you to ensure you never miss an episode please subscribe to the show and your favorite podcast player If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating for the show. Just tap the number of stars that you think that the podcast deserves. Until next time, catch you guys on the next episode.